0: As the holiday activities begin, the streets are filled with all kinds of creatures of the night. Some wear masks to disguise their dark intentions, while others choose to hide in plain sight. So warning to those of you collecting your treats and filling your bellies,
1: keep your wits about you, and don't forget to check your candy.
2: Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is, wait, you haven't seen? It's a show where we talk about movies and specifically, we talk about a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. This is episode number 239. In our movie this week, from 2015, it's the anthology Tales of Halloween. And joining me to talk about it, as I have been for the last couple weeks, it's the podcast of gore. And from the gore podcast, we have the Wicked Kitten. Always getting into mischief, Monica.
3: Well, hello there, Travis. You staying spooky this time of year?
2: You do that really well. I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah, you can make some extra money on the side doing that. Uh, also with us is the endearing, the ethereal Faye. Hi, hi.
1: And mostly awake, Dread. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the same time zone as me.
2: Yes, from another undisclosed location, but this time within the eastern time zone of the United States. So that's as close as I'll get to saying where you are. Um, So, all right. Tales of Halloween. Uh, Show of hands, starting with Dread. Had you seen this before? I did. Okay. What's your
1: history with it? When did you see it for the first time? Oh, a couple of years ago, I've only seen it once before this time. Uh, so a couple of years ago, um, I did remember it, which means a lot. Uh, and rewatching yeah. it, I did, I, I did like, oh yeah, that story, oh yeah, that story, yeah, Sorry. So uh, <laughs> positive, very positive. So, yeah,
2: well, that's good, Monica. How about you? Had uh, had you you had seen this before, right?
3: Yeah, I, I <laughs> I'm the one that recommended it. Uh, I probably saw it like. I don't know maybe like five years ago because I remember last year I was gonna I was gonna say we should do this one and uh I think Faye had already picked one or you did for the anthology movie um mm-hmm. but this is just this is something that I saw and I just thought it's just so cute and funny and um, it's got some great cameos and stuff and it's just so much fun
2: yeah um last year we did XX yeah uh, that was which good. was which was pretty fun um, it was an interesting interesting anthology. Faye, how about you? Had you seen this one before?
0: No, this is the first time. Mm, okay. Uh,
2: same for me. This is also the first time I had watched it. So uh, w- Dread remembered it, which means it was obviously had a positive impact on him. Um, so that's good. Obviously, we know Monica likes it. Uh, what did you think of it?
0: Huh? I liked it. Some of the stories were kind of meh but then the other ones mm-hmm. were really good. So, I mean, it's pretty par for a typical good anthology.
2: Yeah. We'll kind of dive into the individual stories. There's 10 stories in this, which is I didn't expect. Um, I liked it. Uh, I had a good time with it. Uh, Monica, you put it perfectly. It's fun. And I think yeah. that is that is one thing that sets this one apart. I love uh, horror anthologies. I think horror and sci-fi... Um, and to a certain extent fantasy uh, as well, but horror and sci-fi really lend themselves to, to short stories um, and anthology movies or anthology series in that realm, I think work really, really well. So I love a good horror anthology. That's why we do one every year for this show. Um, And last year's was really interesting because XX and it was all uh, women directors for all of the segments. And I thought that was a, a really fun one to do, but this one I had, I had heard of, and I had seen the poster plenty of times, the, yeah, the poster with poster the tree and the, the... skull.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It gets you. Um, I had no idea this was 10 stories. I you know, typically, when I think of an anthology, I think of something like trick or treat or tales from the dark side or creep show where it's anywhere from three to five is usually what you get in a mm-hmm. feature length anthology movie. Each one gets Somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 minutes to kind of tell their story. Um, and then you have your wraparound. And that's usually what you get. Trick or treat is interesting in that it doesn't really have the normal structure of an anthology of here's story A, here's story B, here's story C. They do that, but they're all interwoven a little more uh I don't want to say seamlessly, but they're they're more interconnected in that they're the transitions are very subtle. Um, this was like, here's your story, fade to black, fade in. Here's your next one, but it was ten of them, so they're all in that like eight nine minute range. And I kind of thought that was that was a cool way to go about it. It does lean to as all anthologies do, like you said, Faye. Some some stories are going to be better than others. Um. 10 is a lot to go through. Uh, so I'm impressed, dread that you remembered uh, so much of it, <laughs> if you'd only Thank seen you. it one time. Um, but uh, it does, I sort of look at this, this sort of broke down into two tiers for me, um, because I think overall, genu- generally, I liked all of the stories for one reason or another. Uh, but there was sort of a... the. There were five of them that were kind of a better tier of story than the other five. The the bottom five, like if I am ranking them in a in a one to ten, my six through ten aren't so much that I didn't like them; it's that they just needed a little something else. They needed another like five minutes of story to to really kind of round out. Um, but uh, yeah, it was super fun. I loved, you know, your your uh, your hello, your intro there, Monica, as doing your Adrian Barbeau voice. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved having her as the radio announcer.
0: Yes, basically reenacting was, her role from uh, the fog.
2: Yep, absolutely. And uh, and she's got a great voice, and it was fun. I think she was at like the first story, and then sort of didn't say anything for the next couple, and then would pop up again. I felt like I would just wanted more of that because again, <laughs> she's just so good.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I but agree. that was a lot of fun. To- I wanted her to do the intro of each one, but then others were playing and there was no intro. It was like, wait, no, no, put back.
2: (laughs) I wonder how much of that was uh, on purpose and how much of that was like they just didn't record anything. Because a lot of these, I was reading that a lot of these shorts were shot in like two days.
3: So pretty quickly.
2: You know, and and you can see some of it. Like again, there's nothing like groundbreaking here. I wouldn't call this this is a fun anthology. It's not one of my favorites. Like I'm still, I think if I were to pick an anthology film to watch for horror around this time, I'm probably going to lean towards either the first two creep shows or Trick or Treat before I get to Tales of Halloween. And that's not a knock on this movie at all. Um, I just think those are just a little bit better. There's something. There, there's media. just an extra something to those movies. Yeah, I think so. it's um, yeah. so also, this did have just people up and down the cast showing up and stuff. That was <laughs> awesome. Because yep. I know right, you so, like that.
3: <laughs>
2: um, would you say it's uh, the the creator of this was Axel uh, Carolyn? I guess A X E L L E Axel. Um, but that's who created the the idea for this and got together directors. Um and we actually had some directors of stuff we've watched before. Um there was uh who Neil Marshall uh directed the last one, Bad Seed. He's done things like um Doomsday and The Descent and Dog Soldiers uh were all Neil Marshall films. Um what was the other one? Uh do, do, do. Neil Marshall um Adam Gerrish did Trick, who I've I've heard the name before. Darren Lynn Bousman, uh, who did Repo, the Genetic Opera. Um, his segment was The Night Billy Raised Hell. Um, and uh, there was another name in here that I recognized. Lucky McKee uh, did Ding Dong, and I've, I've seen that name before. But they're, they're names that are somewhat familiar. The writers, um, they all kind of co-wrote their little segments. Um and you could tell a lot of them would bring along the actors that they have worked with before. So like Barry Bostwick shows up um, in, uh, in one of them. But let, let's kind of go through. So there's, there's 10 stories. So we start off with um, Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. And uh, Sweet Tooth was directed and written by Dave Parker. And um, I'm pretty sure Dave Parker is a big John Carpenter fan because there were all sorts of John Carpenter uh, Easter eggs in his particular mm-hmm. segment. Um, the most blatant of them was I loved the Carpenter bar that the kid yeah. sets down. That's the, uh, the the candy bar that he sets down. Um, but that was the story of this kid is getting told a ghost story on Halloween by the babysitter of the, the, this creature of sweet tooth that uh, was a kid in the neighborhood who loved to trick or treat, but his parents wouldn't ever let him eat candy until one year he snuck downstairs and saw them eating all of his candy and then having and sex. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. And so he that's snapped and killed them. <laughs> he, he pulled a Michael.
2: <laughs> yeah. And he becomes sweet tooth. And then you have to leave candy out for him every year. And it's, a, I love that. Cause that's a fun, like it's a fun little story to tell, um, scare the kid, but then it actually happens. Mm-hmm. Sweet tooth shows up at the house um, by the way, did, who, who recognized the kid's costume, the little boy in that segment? Anybody? So he's got the, he's got an eye patch.
3: Oh yeah. And he was has the pirate snake. No. bliskin <laughs> snake. <laughs> Oh, no, I haven't seen that, that was movie. A, so. <laughs> okay. Well,
2: that's another John Carpenter reference. So that was another good one. I I, it was my, my first, my second note, actually, my first note was like Adrian Barbeau. Oh, Right. Uh, second one was <laughs> nice snake Pliskin costume. Yep, um, I liked. Uh, I liked Sweet Tooth. I liked this particular segment. It was the right mix of of gory, silly. You are not sure the first half if it's going to be supernatural or not, and it's just a scary story. But then the the creature shows up, and it's like, whoa, okay, we're we're going there. Um, and then you get Greg Grunberg, uh, making a cameo right at the end, yep. um, with him. And, uh, who was the, uh, mom for that segment? Um, Claire, Claire Kramer. Kramer. And they were playing, uh, they're credited with their names, uh, their character names from a movie they did called big ass spider a couple of years before this. That so sounds like something
3: we need to cover.
2: They're dressed in their it's, costumes. from I'm that. okay with it.
3: It's an interesting movie. <laughs> interesting. That sounds scary.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked Sweet Tooth. I thought that it uh, it was like the perfect horror short story um, like kind of structure, right? Where you start off and it's just the babysitter and the kid and they tell him the scary story and he goes to bed and then it gets a little weirder and a little weirder. But then it has that that short story ending where the parents come home and they find him standing in the room with the two with the dead babysitter and her boyfriend just eviscerated gutted right there. And all he says is, they ate all of my candy and we cut to black. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I love that. That was great. So that was a really fun uh, and a strong one to open with, too. I think they, they picked a really good story to open and start stuff off with. Yeah. Um, also, I think. There was just the right amount of uh, sweet tooth creature scene. Yeah,
0: Yeah,
3: because I liked the
2: (laughs) right, like, because he's missing like his lower jaw, basically,
3: Mm. all that the lower half
2: of his face. Yeah, (laughs) I know it'll do it to you. So that was creepy. I liked the the look of it. The uh, it's gruesome with how the kid guts the parents and then the babysitter and everything, but it also kind of doesn't look real at the same time. I don't know. It's like, it's so...
3: Yeah.
1: It looks good, though. I like how it looks. Just... there's, like, chocolate mixed in, so... That's true. That was... (laughs) That makes everything better. (laughs) That was
2: one of the parts that actually made me laugh the most, was when the kid comes, grabs the the cleaver to go after his parents, and they've just got chocolate all over their mouths.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Like, Yeah.
2: Because the there's one thing I noticed. <laughs> Go ahead.
3: I was going to say the parents are played by like veteran horror actors, uh, Carolyn Williams and Robert Rustler. Uh, oh, Carolyn yeah. Carolyn was in like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies and a bunch of other stuff. And Robert Rustler was in, he was like the best friend in Nightmare on Elm Street part two. Mm. And you know, I love to see that.
2: Oh yeah. Um, I noticed something in this movie that, was kind of a through line. Everybody in this little town eats candy like feral children. Like uh, Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth opens up and the kid is eating candy and it's mimicked with the other through line throughout everything is Night of the Living Dead is playing on every yep. TV. Like
3: zombies and he's, eating flesh.
2: He's eating candy like the zombies eating flesh in Night of the Living mm-hmm. Dead and like eyes rolling back um when the parents are eating the candy they're doing the same thing and then of course we see them looking like uh, augustus gloop with just chocolate all over their faces
1: i'm confused don't you all do that is that not a normal thing um not quite to that extent no although
2: i haven't had any candy in a while so maybe i will who knows ah Um, but, yeah, I really I think that was a strong open to go with with uh, Sweet Tooth because it is the ghost story. Um, so it is, it's easy to have a nice lead in with Adrian Barbeau. And then it's got the wonderful cliffhanger ending of just they ate all my candy because you have to wonder what are the parents thinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, like you, I want to know a follow up to that, but I also kind of don't at the same time because So it's frightening to think of where that went. Um, but then we go to our the second only note segment. I had,
1: the only oh, note I had for the first segment is like when they're telling the story and you see the parents of the, the kid. Yeah. Um, never trust parents who dress like that at home. Just yeah, right. no. <laughs> That is <Yeah>. no.
2: <laughs> red flag. That's what that is. It's a red flag. Um, yeah, I, I like that one. And then we get into story number two, uh, The Night Billy Raised Hell um anyone catch what uh boyfriend's costume was there because I recognized it
3: any boyfriend's? hook fans
2: out there the boy the boyfriend because we oh the, the the second segment <laughs> I'm sorry. The second, yeah. like... <laughs> no, no no the second segment starts off with the kid dressed as the you know in a devil costume yeah. with his older sister as a cheerleader and her boyfriend who's dressed like Rufio from hook
3: oh. really Rufio. poorly done oh. but
2: but he's Rufio. Um, and uh, there, that one did have uh, a little, a use of a word that I don't particularly like a whole lot uh, that he calls him. Um, he calls the kid uh, at one point, the, the older, the older kid uses the R word. Oh. Um, I was like, ah, okay, so that hasn't aged very well, but it was 2015. It hadn't quite been. Uh, yeah quite been as stigmatized at that time, at that point. Like it still, it was but not quite as bad. I don't know. It's, it's one that for me, I noticed that when I hear it now. Um, But they, they tell the kid, you gotta, you gotta do pranks. So he get, he hands him an egg to go uh, throw an egg at the, the neighbor's house in broad daylight. Cause that's how you do that. And not, you know, the night before Halloween, but sure. And I love Barry Bostwick pops out mm-hmm. and He's great. He's credited as Mister Abaddon.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes.
2: Um. But he grabs the kid and then he says, "I'm going to teach you what a real prank is." By the way, is your mom dressing up again this year?
3: <laughs> Which <laughs> yeah. that, that's the team there, yeah.
2: slutty mom. <laughs> yeah, because the, the 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 uh, boyfriend had said the same thing, asked yep. him the same question.
3: Can I say the best part though? Because it's like after he get, grabs the egg right when the kid throws it, and then he like throws it back, and the other people run away when the kid is just still standing there and he like turns and he's just like startled all of a sudden like you knew the kid was there why are you startled instead yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly
2: <laughs> and this yeah. was the segment done by Darren Lynn Bous- uh, Bosman so or Boseman. so he um he had worked with Barry Bostwick before and i loved um when uh Abaddon grabs the egg and he hits the kid going across the street with it right in the middle of the back and knocks him down mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That um, sound effect though. <laughs> there were a lot of cartoonish sound effects in this. I captured yeah, one of them. Um, but this this particular segment was very over the top cartoony. Um, and I loved that. Because you know, you could just tell Barry was having a blast playing this character and just overacting the hell out of it. Uh I find air that guitaring most good with this
0: actors. Most good actors love playing the villain and ham it
2: up. Oh, sure. But he um, he tells the kid that we're going to do, uh, I'm going to show you what a real prank is, and then we cut to that night, and he's taking the kid out trick-or-treating, and they do all sorts of horrible things. Like wh- One of my notes was, wow, the pranks really escalated quickly because <laughs> it just went Fair. from, <laughs> it went from like, we're going to do pranks to stabbing people and pulling a gun on him and robbing a convenience store (laughs) like what is going on and at some point i noticed that the uh the kid in the devil costume i'm like that's not a child that is definitely a little person in the costume
3: yeah but Um, then you never know if it's like are they are they just using like a stunt actor to do certain scenes and you're like okay Mm -hmm. i have to wait to find out
2: yeah um And that was my thought was like, well, they just have so that they don't have to have a kid, you know, a child actor acting the stuff out and it's shot at night, all that kind of stuff. Um, But then there was a narrative reason for it because it's it's what is uh, I can't remember what his name was, um, but it's Mr. Abaddon's little uh, Mordecai. That's what it was.
3: Yeah.
2: And they had Billy tied up at home the whole time.
3: (laughs) Yet Billy still gets the blame yep, not just the blame <laughs> yeah. um, that ends on a real dark note also the bang
2: so yes <laughs> what was with that so the so he he unties Billy and and sends him out right as the cops are showing up and he goes out in the front yard and the police are all riding up because they've been on just a, a string of mayhem all night right They've been shooting people mm-hmm. running people over with the car which I love that scene uh that part in particular because you could this is where you could tell the budget was low. Because when they get into the car, it's just shots of Barry Bostwick in the car, like eating KFC and drinking a big gulp and yelling about running people over in the car. But you never see the car. You never see anybody getting hit because they just didn't have time to do like stunt work or setups or anything. So that cracked me up. But, you uh, know, the kid goes out, the police show up, and then they yell at him. They comment that he's peeing his pants. <laughs> And then yep. it fades to black, and you hear a couple of gunshots. They yeah. did they shoot the kid? Why yeah. for being his pants? Exactly. What the hell?
3: Yeah. Well, well apparently well, he caused a ruckus.
0: Yeah,
3: he caused a yeah. ruckus,
0: killed people, ran people over. You know. Yeah, because no can't, one else can't could be, be dressed trusted. like
1: that. that that's because that, that was a very unique costume he was wearing. No one else. Well, wearing, that is true.
0: That's... He also the, the the spray paint on the on the uh, garage door. Oh yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Still, though, I feel like this is not a reason to shoot someone just yet, especially you not are a correct. child. Well, like, that are is correct. It's not a
0: reason to do it, <laughs> but you know, we're dealing with cops,
2: <laughs> and it was that everything in that segment up until that point it, the gunshots I think I would have cut not so much just because, like, it just didn't, it felt weird to me because I was like, what? Hold on. And then when nope, we're going on to the next story. Forget about it. But I still enjoyed that one. I thought that was a really well yeah. put together um, one. It had good music to it as well, which makes sense. True.
1: And also, just saying, uh, f dentists for handing out apples <laughs> or toothpaste or whatever instead of candy, yep. and be like, candy is bad for your teeth. Ha ha ha. Well, yeah, and that was- you
0: think as a dentist they'd hand out more coffee, or candy so that they get more visits you know, yeah yeah that's true or... actually
2: <laughs> um but i did love like the Im- immediate he just grabs it and like sharpens it into a shiv and hands it back to him and they so i i did i enjoyed um the night billy raised Hell. i think that for me it's uh in that second tier for this anthology i think it's good but there was a couple I liked better, um, but it was good. It was, it was fun. And like I say, Barry Bostwick just hamming it up when they light the the stuff on fire and he's air guitaring with the uh, cane <laughs> and uh, doing the whole, you know, Hey Billy, is your mom dressing up? Eyebrow raise And they add in like the sound effects for his raised eyebrows and all of that. It what was, was the really thing
3: good. thing that he says at the end? He's like, your mom's going to be real busy.
2: Oh, <laughs> your mom's going to have a lot of free time
3: oh, that's what it is. Your mom's going to have a lot of free time. I'm just like, ugh.
2: Yeah, I'll make sure to to uh, visit her or something like that.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so the next one was Trick, right? The one with the kids?
3: Yes.
1: Yes.
2: Or, or as so, I would title it, Children of the Candy. Children of the Candy. <laughs> children of the Candy Corn. Um, Trick was... Interesting. Trick had some of the um, more unique camera work because they had, uh, I really liked the long shot following her out to the car.
3: Oh, Um, yes. Yes.
2: I'm a sucker for that. And I love when you build your sets and you set up your track perfectly. So your camera can move along and it feels like it's moving through walls, even though, you know, like I know it's going kind of around and over structures and stuff like that. But I really liked that. There was, there was, the one shot afterwards uh, wh- that had like the real Dutch tilt where the girl walks up and eats the piece of candy and it's all done in one long shot. Um, but trick for me was one of the weaker entries in this only because why there was like nothing. I get what they were going for. The shock value of like these just create, you know, kids just cause it's, it's a group of four adults sitting there watching the movie and then they're getting up to answer the door, and he answers the door one last time, and it's a girl in a witch costume um, who looked very similar to the girl dressed as a witch wearing glasses from Trick or Treat, by the way. Um, and when he asks her Trick or Treat, she just pulls a knife and stabs him like six times, and says Trick, and runs off. And then the kids go all murderous, and they're, they're oh, yeah. killing all of them uh, pretty brutally, oh, like the the uh, I thought it was fun hairspray like, and. I... and... <laughs>
3: I just like I love I loved watching the the kids be creep because creepy kids, murderous kids. Yeah. I'm not saying it was top tier. It definitely was probably in the second tier. But like, like I do enjoy watching kids be murdery. Children of the Corn style. Yeah.
0: I mean, they were murdery for a reason.
2: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And, and <laughs> that's actually part of what puts this in the second tier for me is that they're murdery for a reason, but. Because it's only like nine minutes long and we spend so much of it with the kids stabbing the guy and the flamethrower and then pouring a bunch of rat poison into his mouth and taping it shut and all of that stuff. The, the, the twist reveal of this story that these adults had some weird torture chamber plastic lined thing in their garage and they were torturing kids in there feels like it needed another couple of minutes to kind of give I don't know I I felt like there was just just something not quite there for the the story which is what knocked it to the second tier because I agree with you that just having creepy kids is kind of interesting and it's fun and it's just great to see them like go ham on on everything but there's there's literally like a child strapped to the table when she runs in there in the dark that doesn't make a sound yeah was a little off-putting. Um, it's just, I just wanted just a touch more in that one, which is what knocked it to that second tier for me. Um, it looked good. Uh, I think that it it was fine. I just just wanted some more story there because of the yeah. reveal of it was so quick at the end, and like were all four of them involved in it? Is that what he was showing the girl on his phone? Like, hey, check this one out. Um, I don't know, so it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Like I said, there wasn't there wasn't a segment in this I didn't like. Um, it just some of them were a little weaker than the others. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> trick definitely is like, oh, okay, we're just uh, just kids murdering people.
3: It's going right but, for you, uh,
2: including uh, slicing of the Achilles, and that one always gets me.
3: Oh, no. Under the car? That is my greatest (laughs) fear. I check my car. Sometimes I jump into it. Like, I don't like thinking about that. And anytime it happens in a movie, I'm just, this is why I can't do killer dolls. Like, Chucky, he would go for the Achilles. He'd you have a
2: thing guy. for, like, your ankles and Achilles, right? Because it's, like, underneath the car, staircases that have yes. an open bottom to them that somebody could reach through if you're walking down the stairs. Like, yes. mm-hmm. I've noticed like that. up
0: into your bed, too, I bet.
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you, does your bed, do, do you have, like, do you check under the bed before
3: I or have a futon, like that or? so nothing okay, so, can so really you, fit so under kind there? kind
2: of, yes. You sort of mitigated then. that issue.
3: But there's like there because like technically you could be under there but there's like a box so like you know there there's you know, you know what i mean like i kick something if i kick underneath the bed so nothing right. can be there i picked my bed <laughs> on purpose is what i'm trying to tell you yeah no, no
0: pet cemetery huh <laughs> yeah
3: the only the only thing i have to worry about is much like four rooms that there'll be like a dead person inside the mattress <laughs> randomly
2: did did somebody do that to you when you were younger? Did they grab your your ankles or something, and they put that fear in you? Do you where do you think that came from?
3: I don't know. I think it's a lot of movies, and just yeah. I think there's like a it's there's cemetery. like
1: a yeah that's facehead.
3: It's a, a, a lot of like um, a trilogy of terror. If anyone's ever seen that, that will oh yeah. put the fear of little things in you. Um, there's Maybe. just. There's something about things that can get to the thing that will help you run away, you know, cause if you get stabbed in the arm, like you could still run. Right. But if they get your Achilles, you're dead.
0: Although I'm not really running
3: anywhere.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Still though, you you have a better chance on two good legs than you do on one.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
2: So yeah. Um, Then the the next segment uh, we get Adrian Barbeau back. Um, mm-hmm. She leads us into The Weak and The Wicked. And this one was one of my favorites um, in, in this. I really liked The Weak and The Wicked. Um, and I think what I liked about it was it was the Western. Oh, yes. The whole set. Like, it was structured and shot like a Western. And I, I kind of dug that. I caught it right away. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And there, here again, you've got uh, an older kid. Sort of dressed like a sheriff, but he's just fairly eating candy in an alley. Like He's just like, shoving candy in his face in an alley. Um, when he looks up and sees the bikes all chained up and you see Malice on the one bike. And he, he knows who that is. And then the, the you know pack of street toughs grab him and throw him up against the wall. Now. I did like, the, here was some more cameos for you. Um, one of those guys, the one that was chewing on the uh, toothpick um, was, uh, oh shoot, where's his name? Noah um, Noah Sagan. He is uh, good friends with Ryan Johnson and is in all of Ryan Johnson's movies. So if you saw Glass Onion, he was like the hippie stoner dude that's just wandering around the island. In Glass Onion, he was the one of the sheriff's deputies in Knives Out. He was in Brick. He was in Last Jedi. He had small roles and, and stuff like that. Um, so he's great. I liked him. Uh, I love the other guy in the gang uh, is played by an actor named Boo Boo Stewart. And I just I think that's a great name. That was the one with the long hair. And then Gracie Gillum played Alice, who was the, the leader of the gang. Um I just really liked this whole this whole story. I thought this was a really cool. I loved the structure of it being set up like a western.
3: She looked so familiar to me. But yes. when I looked at her credits, I didn't see anything that I would <laughs> recognize. I was like there was like Disney stuff and I'm like or something like that and I was like no. Yeah. What do I know about yeah, but she's just got that I, face.
2: She does. She she reminds me a little bit of um willa holland who was in arrow just a little bit yeah uh, as well there's a little bit of her there and then um who was um oh crap her she was an actor in the 90s she was the Nagazima girl shoot what is her name curly you hair? know who i'm talking about yes curly hair
3: um uh,
2: uh rebecca uh, uh, Gr- uh, Gayhart. That's who. There's a little bit of her in there too. Huh. Not not like, oh, that's Rebecca Gayhart, but sort of <laughs> like, Oh, she reminds me a bit of her. Yeah. But yeah, I had the I same thing. I'm her. as I was watching that whole segment, I'm like, I know her from something. And I did the same thing. I looked it up and I'm like, No, I don't, because I've never seen Teen Beach movie or <laughs> Teen Beach Two. <2." laughs>
3: we should. I mean, you can't watch the second without the first, so
2: Right, exactly. Um, and she was great leading that gang. And they see yeah. the dude at the other end of the the alley. So you get the whole. I love the standoff as they walk down the alley, and just the way everything was framed and structured out. And then uh, it goes full on like metalhead punk rock with the chase and the music that starts playing. Get some. Uh, I don't. I didn't catch who the band was or the song, but. Um. And uh, the whole time I'm thinking, okay, did this guy, like, what is his deal? What did he do? And turns out he was actually summoning a demon. And <laughs> the demon shows up. And once again, budget reasons, we don't see anything um, except for the the small, like, T-shirt cannon full of blood that shoots onto, him, onto the kid right at the end of it, which he kept his and eyes it- open for that.
3: The biggest smile you've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> he, oh, was so he was so happy. Oh, yeah. Yes. He got his revenge.
2: But there again, like like I say, that was the Western because when he gets to that spot and then we get the flashback to what happened there before. Uh, and I love the idea that um, they burned down the trailer that his parents were in. And it was 15 years earlier. And the burnt out husk of the trailer is still sitting there. No one's cleaned it up. No one's removed it. It's just there in the wrong side of town. Like that cracked me up. Um, but yeah, then that demon shows up wearing a, a meat skirt, and uh, I did like looking the design very, of the demon.
3: Yeah, looking very um silent hilly. Is that what I said? You, for you're that thinking one? a pyramid head with with horns. <laughs> or, I got a little feel like of head. that. Yeah, like something in that world, definitely like modeled with the mouth and mm-hmm. the. Hornies, or maybe not the hornies, but.
2: And, you know, again, I think that this segment could have been maybe a little bit better with more time, given another like five or 10 minutes to sort of develop a story. But at the same time, this one really worked in that short bit because it was so stylized in Uh the storytelling. And I think the difference between it and trick right before it was trick had a cool look, But the story was just like, kids show up, stab a bunch of people. Oh, they're evil. Okay. And then we move on. Like, it was just missing one layer that I think the uh, the weak and the wicked had, which was probably just adding in that flashback of there's a connection between these two. And that's why he summoned a demon. And we don't get anything beyond he just figured out how in the last 15. He spent his entire life figuring out how to get his revenge. And he got it. Yeah.
0: This one also feels like the most that would be on creep show.
2: It kind of does, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I could see the cartoonish flashes. And, <laughs> and the art thing yeah. with the
3: little demon. The little, yep. Oh, man. Drum. I could
2: see that like coming out of this one with a transition where it goes animated for a minute while the demon attacks. Yeah. Yep. That would be really cool. So, yeah, this was one of my favorites. Um, and uh, the music in it was pretty cool, too. I'm a metalhead, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, the next one, again, we get uh, we get Adrian. Uh, no, we don't get Adrian Barbo leading us into Grim Grinning Ghost. Um, but this one had some cameos in it. Um,
3: like the most quite cameos. a few. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so uh, Lin Shay um, starts us off telling My the story Amish, of. On, on Gore. <laughs> yes. Uh, telling us the story of uh, the grim grinning ghost, um, she's got have the, her. She's having a Halloween party. Her daughter Lynn is played by uh, Alexandra Esso. And during this one was another one where I'm like, okay, why do I know this face? Why do I know this face? We just saw her in Doctor Sleep. She played Wendy in Doctor oh, Sleep. Oh
3: yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And as soon as I read that, I'm like, oh yep, I see it now. Yeah. Um, so that was her. And then, uh, but we also had, uh, Barbara Crampton Yay. was, uh, dressed up as the witch. Uh, another favorite of ours. Um, and did you, did you catch, uh, Stuart Gordon there?
3: As Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yep. Along with Mick Garris as the Phantom of the Opera. Yep. He is another directory type person that is really cool. He also does a podcast. <laughs>
2: So that was, that was fun to have all those cameos in that opening scene, because then the rest of it is just uh, Lynn on her way home. Um, but this was also one I really liked because this felt like, uh, like a, a story you would read in, you know, a short story collection or a creepy pasta online type deal, right? Where you would read about, uh, this type of story. And so, To have it be, you know, a bunch of cameos in the beginning, and then just go to a single character and what they're dealing with on their way home. I liked. Um, I thought it was shot really well again, and uh, and it felt like that, yeah, and and it felt like that kind of goosebumps, uh, creep show type story where it has again the good cliffhanger ending of it just happens and it's over because they keep setting you up for it and they keep faking you out, like. You think it's going to happen? No, it doesn't. You think it's going to happen? No, it doesn't. They're, and they're giving you all the, the hallmarks, right? You've got the classic, like it's all the tropes of somebody being chased and stalked by a ghost. Um, when she gets in the car and the song playing. <laughs> I love the song when she's in the car because it's all just, you're never alone. I'm watching you all the time. Look behind you type thing the whole time. Oh, God. And then her car, then her car breaks down. and She breaks her phone and... She's walking and she hears something behind her, but the story is you can't look behind you, right? So she doesn't. And then they had—I uh, mean, they had the trope of the you know the medicine cabinet where she's brushing her teeth, opens the medicine cabinet when she closes it, nothing there, but they make you think there might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the door opens up and it's her dog, Baby, who, by the way, the the dog uh, character's name is Baby, but he's played by a dog named Anubis which is a great name for a dog.
3: I feel like they should have kept the Nubis. I, that's what I said. I think so, too.
2: <laughs> um, but then it's like, you know, it's her sitting on the couch watching Night of the Living Dead with a, with Baby when when the dog decides, nope, I'm out. And uh, it, it keeps going, keeps going, and then you just get that cut back when she... And, and it's the trophy uh, she's leaning forward. When she leans back on the couch, you see there's the the Grim Grinning Ghost, played by V. Nixie um, in their film debut. And uh, I, I looked at their profile on IMDb, and they kind of feel – V. Nixie sort of feels a little bit like a um, Doug Jones to me. Like, a lot of the images I saw were, um, you know, American Horror Story and all this kind of stuff playing these characters – a lot like what Doug Jones does, playing a lot of doing a lot of makeup work, and a lot of uh, you know just looking creepy. And pulled it off as that ghost because yikes. <laughs> um, so I liked I liked a grim grinning ghost as well. I thought that was one of the the stronger stories yeah. in this. Um, for a lot of the same reasons, it had uh, it just felt like one of those fun little stories to to read. Um. Then we get Ding Dong. So Ding Dong is written and directed by Lucky McKee. I didn't. This was, for me, the weakest of them all. Um, And only because I think they should have kept a reveal of her being a demon until the second half of it. Because I think that that fits more the type of story that they're telling. Than to reveal it halfway, you know, part way in that she is a demon. Um, I think it it may, I, and maybe it's just because like it's the Twilight Zone fan in me of like the reveal of something like that right at the end is what I'm I'm more accustomed to. Um, I did I did very much enjoy uh, the campiness of her performance um, for the second year when she's uh, she's got the the braid with the ear on it talking about eating Gretel and eating her ear last so she can listen to it. She can listen to her being chewed on and all that. Um, That was, what was her name? Uh, Also Boob shake. Well, yeah, there was a lot of boob shaking. Pollyanna McIntosh um, played Bobby. And I think the reason that I wanted the reveal of her actually being a demon, which was I loved the the design of her as the demon with four arms and she's just painted red, um, but just a little bit weird looking because it's like it's cheap, but not cheap looking at the same time. I don't know. It worked for me. But I think the reason that I wanted her reveal like a reveal of that later was it would make more sense and it would it would just it would have played better as a story. Personally, I don't know if anyone else agrees um, with that or not. But that's how I would have done it. That's literally the only thing I would have done different here. Because I, I love the idea, the concept of the story. I even love when she turns the oven on and she sets it to 666 degrees.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I thought the story was so, like, realistic. Because there's, like, this weird dynamic of it being almost a real story of, like, how, you know, there's just this woman who wants a child. As opposed mm-hmm. to this demon who wants a child. You know? it was such a like i didn't know how to feel about it parts of it annoyed me a lot (laughs) like mostly the husband i think um it's never it's never been my favorite but it's got like some good you know things to see in it but
2: it had great moments like when they find the, the little kid dressed as hansel uh on the front porch and when the husband turns on the light and you just hear is this one yours like to the mom out on the street. I love that. That was time. The timing on that was really great. I think. Again, it just comes down to with the way the first part of it is where she saw sad because they can't have kids or they don't have kids. And she's seeing all these children the year before and even having her like lash out and slap him when he when he has the dog dressed up. Yeah. That would have been fine. But what I wouldn't have done is had it be the demonic arm that hits him and then the whole demonic thing transitioning. I would have just had her freak out and like slap him. And then we cut to the next year. And so we get that. It it would feel it feels very Tales of the Dark Side to all of a sudden reveal that he's married to a demon and she wants a child. And even have it be where she doesn't want a child for nefarious reasons. She just wants a child Hmm. type of thing I think would have would have. It just would have uh, been the way that I would have written it. But that's it. Other uh, the the look of it, the like I say, the the performance is what carries it. Her, her, the the character of Bobby is just going all for it and just having a ton of fun. So but yeah, the, the husband was annoying. You're right. But I think he was <laughs> supposed to be.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was.
2: Plus the way he phrased getting a vasectomy. By saying I went to the oh. doctor and he made it so I can't give you one. Ugh. Who says that?
3: Like, and that's the thing. So, like, you're watching this, and 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 it's it's like she wants a child, and then when he says that, that means that your husband has been lying to you this whole time and giving you false hope. And mm-hmm. in my mind, he turned into the bad guy at that point. He deserved the oven. That's all I'm saying.
2: Well. And that's where, like, that's when it's revealed. Because he's there's the line, you know, maybe people like us shouldn't have children. And the way you abuse me, uh, I don't want you to do that to a kid. And then to have her then reveal that she's actually this four-armed demon. Yeah. And I I think would have been the way to do it. Because I agree with you that he shouldn't have done that the way that he did. Like, in his mind, he thinks he's being good and virtuous and saving children. But there's nothing really to say that she is evil, except that we keep seeing, we know she's already a demon. But if, if it's then revealed that she is, then you get the double of like, oh, well now it makes sense why he would act like this towards her. It's not just that she's abusive and she gets justification. uh, And we're cheering for her, throwing him in the oven and, and cooking him. So, but yeah um so that's uh ding dong which again fine i liked it but it's it's at the bottom of the 10 for me uh this means war was the next one this means war was fun um and this had uh what was his name um dana gould gould was boris and james duval was dante james duval um I have seen in uh, Donnie Darko. He played uh, Frank. And he was also in Gone in 60 Seconds. And I loved him in that because he was just a moron. In Gone in 60 Seconds, he played Freb. He was just this dumb kid that was with Giovanni Ribisi. And he was funny. But I love the idea of, you know, the warring neighbors. is always fun. And they're, they're both going all out for their Halloween decorations. But they're of different eras, right? You've got the old school Halloween fan with his tombstones and cobwebs and all of that kind of stuff. And then the new school Halloween uh, fan who's got all heavy metal and body parts strewn about. And I could see it coming when they started fighting. I'm like, Oh, one of them's going to end up getting like impaled by something. I didn't think it was going to be both of them. I will say (laughs) that I did not expect it to be both of them. Um, But I love like, I love how the crowd gets involved and they're starting to watch things. They're betting on the fight. Who's going to win the fight. And then when the cops show up and the guy that's taking all the bets, is like, Oh shit. And just runs off. <laughs> that made me laugh. The one cop throws up from it, from seeing them oh, yeah. both impaled like that. Um, This one, much like a couple of them, very simple story, Um, but it's just good in the execution. Uh, this is, I mean, it's weaker in terms of like, a story, but I enjoyed it because of that. Um, because it you was didn't just need like, to have yeah.
0: something big. Yeah. It's just people fighting over their, their own Halloween aesthetic.
2: Yep. I mean, this probably is one of the first ones to get trimmed. If you're going with less than 10 stories, most likely, although I wouldn't have, I might've given some more background to the two of them, but I, again, Dana Gould and James Duvall. Are just are are great in it, and it's just a fun little story. Plus, I loved he had the headset tied up to uh, his skeleton in the front yard. Dana Gould did, so he was talking through that, and that made for the <laughs> funny moment when he's like, "Don't, don't, don't you do it when it when he cuts the head off the skeleton because <laughs> 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 it moved with him too." Oh, I love, I love that. This was it was fun. There's not much to say about it, but it was cool. It also had a bunch of. I'm sure there was a ton of cameos of people that were like in that crowd that I didn't recognize off the top.
3: Adam Green plays through. one of the officers. He's the director of the Hatchet movies. Okay. Officer Carlo right. actually he plays Officer Carlo in like two different uh, segments, but I can't remember what the other one was.
2: Oh, because he shows up again at the end in, um in the it's bad seed segment
1: the
2: at yeah. the at the uh, at the police station. Yeah, and I'm seeing like Thomas Blake Jr. I've seen that name before. Um, Alyssa Dow- Dowling. Um, so yeah, that one was fun. Uh, after that, we got Friday the 31st. Yay! Uh, Woo! I I put this in the lower tier, and it was only because it's it's not because it wasn't fun. It was just because they're just it it wasn't as good as some of the other ones. But but what was great about it was this was just fun. Like it's it's your straight up Friday the Thirteenth serial killer chasing the girl until the alien shows up and then the little alien the little claymation alien was adorable.
0: Aww, drink (laughs) up, (laughs) PJ. Aww, Uh, I want uh,
1: one. uh, 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 uh.
2: That was (laughs) that was honestly my favorite part was when the Jason character. Is like confused and trying to trying to communicate to the alien that he has no candy, <laughs> but he, he can't speak, so he's just like patting himself down, and then he just gets oh. frustrated and stomps on it and walks away. Oh, but and this one was takes fun because it her body. <laughs> yeah, and she yes. becomes like a zombie creature, and then they just kill each other, and it was Actually, just fun. This, this
0: was my favorite. This, this had shades
2: this of. Fun. It's got it's got some Evil Dead feel to it in parts, like
1: including the Evil Dead book.
2: Yeah, the Necronomicon, <laughs> Necronomicon. Uh, is in there,
3: um,
2: but like the way that they're fighting each other and just how ridiculously <laughs> over the top it is—the glowing eyes—gave me that feel. It was a lot of fun. Like, I can't, I can't say that I didn't like this, and I and I would absolutely keep this story and and all of that. Um, I just there was some that had more story to them that I liked. But as far as just a like fun little interstitial, this was great. It was just because it was just so crazy over the top and way too much fun. And then that little alien, that little I want, I want that little alien.
1: Yes, please, someone make it. Trick or
3: treat, trick or treat, trick or treat. It was like this, oh. so cute. Like they dropped him off to do this. Oh. <laughs>
0: That when your mom drops
3: you off in the good neighborhood for candy.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll be back in an hour. and takes off. <laughs> so that was, um, that one was fun. Uh, the next one though, is my favorite of the, of all of them. Oh yeah. And that's the ransom of rusty Rex. Um, <laughs> So we get John Landis, first of all, great cameo, right? Cause John Landis is awesome. American werewolf in London, trading places, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the two guys, the, the two guys that are doing the kidnapping, uh, I love Sam Witwer. He was the um, the dark haired one, the one that gets hit in the balls. <laughs>
3: uh,
2: and then Jose Pablo Cantillo, uh, I've seen in stuff too, and he's great. And the two of them had really good chemistry um, and they worked well with each other. But I just love this idea that they had this plan to kidnap this millionaire's son who we have seen that character wandering around. He popped up in one of the, I think it's ding dong maybe, Um, which is the one thing that I thought this movie did really well was just having like the trick or treaters showing up in multiple multiple segments throughout the night. Um, But they kidnapped the kid and (laughs) First of all, the yeah. one guy's like, "I don't, I don't really want to do kidnapping." Are you sure? And he's like, "Look, we're doing this. All right. This is. He's got the money. It doesn't matter." They kidnap the kid, and then they call the ransom in, and the dad's like, "Oh, great, you can keep him," and hangs up. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and it's,
0: yeah, and I mean, I know you've made right a terrible away,
3: mistake.
0: That, that kid walks weird. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he does, but you know, um, no, it's. Uh, Sam Witwer is what makes this one for me, though. He kills it. He is so good in this entire segment. Um, just his reaction to the dad hanging up. And I'm like, oh, what? Hold on. <laughs> Calls him back. Uh, hi, it's me again. Uh, why did you hang up on me? You know, we Cause you le- can leave me alone. We don't. Yeah, you can keep him. Never call this number again. Click. <laughs> He's just so confused by it all. Um, he just he's great throughout the whole thing. I cannot say enough good things, and I love like Sam Whitwer is a fantastic actor. He is, um, the voice of Darth Maul in all of the Clone Wars animated rebels, all that kind of stuff in Star Wars. He, um, he did, he was the villain in I think it was season two of Supergirl, uh, and he was great in that, um. He is a fantastic interview. If you ever get a chance to see interviews with him, especially when he starts talking about Star Wars stuff that he's been involved in, like he he was giving an interview talking about um, something they were in like a table read, and this was early on when he had been cast in uh, in Star Wars, and he said something. He basically schooled Dave Filoni about a moment in Star Wars, and people were just like this guy knows this. Like, he pays attention. He, he's he's done his homework. Um, the other one was when he also did the voice and motion capture for Star Wars The Force Unleashed um, as Starkiller. And that was another one where he went into audition and they wanted, there was a part where he's supposed to, his character's supposed to meditate and build his lightsaber. And he's like, but my character wouldn't know how to meditate because he's never been taught that. So he would try to force everything together. And they're like, that's so much better than what we wrote. You have the part. Um, but he's great. And uh, he kills it in this. And, of course, he gets racked in the nuts and has that great line. My nuts got hit by a monster, dude. And uh, he just it's so much fun This it's when a, it gets revealed that it's a monster, that it's like yeah. Mordecai. Mm-hmm.
3: There's some weird I can't you guys will probably be able to help me. It's like the way that it's like this, they find out it's this demon that'll never leave them and stuff that was, it reminded me of something else. I don't know if it's like another segment from another horror anthology or show or, but it just, I love that turn of like realizing and John Landis and everything just, there's something so familiar about it, you know?
2: Well, again, it feels very much like something out of a creep show or out of tales from the dark side. Right. Tales, it's yeah, that sort Tales of, from the Dark Side there might have even been a Tales from the Dark Side exactly like it for all I know um, <laughs> or a very similar story but it just has that feel to it right? where it's like Ooh. these guys think they're going to do something and then all of a sudden it's not what they thought at all and now they can't get away from it and even the, the dad yeah. they keep calling him he's like look we were held hostage by this thing for five years it just showed up one day you can have it and <laughs> when they they light it on fire And leave it on the doorstep. And they get into the van. It's like, all right, let's just drive until dawn. And then just keep driving. (laughs) And so they leave. And it, again, has that wonderful cliffhanger ending where he comes back. You know, he's at the convenience store. He's eating his hamburger. And he comes out to the van. And he looks in the back seat. And there's there's Rex just eating a candy bar. And then he picks up the head of his buddy. Starts chewing on the head. And just (laughs) scream, cut to black. I loved it. It was easily my favorite one was was the ransom of rex rusty rex it was so good um i absolutely love that and then our final one was bad seed this was the neil marshall um this had some influence of uh i feel like there was a little bit of sort of halloween 3 influence in there with like the weird pumpkin yeah because the pumpkin gets carved Mm -hmm. and the guy's like check out the pumpkin that i carved and uh, then it attacks him. That was great when she comes walking into the in there and it's just on his head and it like bites yep. his head off. Um, <laughs> this is where you saw the cops again, right? Because yeah. um, Kristen uh, Kleba, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, she She's the um, Detective McNally. Uh, when she goes back to the police station, she runs into those two cops from earlier that are covered in chocolate. <laughs> like what happened to you uh some kid ate a uh, whole bunch of chocolate and, blah, 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 and they're like eating the chocolate still it was, uh, ugh, blah,
3: blah. Yeah. It was such a gross moment
2: <laughs> um ugh. they had uh when uh did you notice the guy that they were bringing in like the the dude dressed in all hospital scrubs covered in markings and stuff it was uh it was um what's his name not That's sam neil unfortunately
1: no. yeah it wasn't <laughs> sam
2: neil but it was supposed to look like him i love that uh this had, again, a bunch of the cameos, right? Um, it had Pat Healy, uh, John Savage. We've I've seen stuff before. I loved that the sketch artist, when she goes up to the sketch artist and he turns his <laughs> sketch around, and it's just that crayon yeah. <laughs> jack-o'-lantern and he's holding the crayons. Do you know who that was? That was Drew Struzan was the actor, which if you've ever seen like the old star Wars movie posters or ET or all those old posters that just have that really, it's a very unique look, but he is an amazing mm. artist, fantastic artist.
3: Oh, that makes it funnier. <laughs> so to have
2: him being Rembrandt killed me. I love that so much. Cause I, I, I follow him on Twitter. He, uh, his, his posters are like unique. There's a, it's a yeah. style almost of movie poster. Um, then we also had uh, so the killer pumpkin that she ends up chasing around town, and just the mayhem that's going on with it. And I loved how it sprouted little uh, like vine tentacles and would crawl around. Um, Very and good. then uh, after she kills it, and they they find out, you know, they they see the the thing on it. They go to uh, Professor Milo Gottlieb, was played by Joe Dante.
3: <laughs> Joe Dante. Another great cameo <laughs> director. Yep. Director Haley. and and another
2: great uh, ending where they're like, "I don't see what the problem is," and you just see that giant warehouse full of these special pumpkins. Yep. And cut to black. Like I just uh, that was a that's bad a seed end. was a really fun one. I like it's it. a great ending, and it tied it tied a lot of the stories into each other too, with the police station and everything that's going on, and like them talking about the The captain talking about all the crap they've been seeing that night. Somebody saw an alien. Somebody saw you know, whatever, whatever. Dude. Kids holding up liquor store or convenience stores. Like, I love that. Um, that was super fun. I I really enjoyed this as a uh, as an anthology because it was fun. That's. I was talking with a friend earlier today about it. And um, they didn't like it very much because it was sort of pitched to them like, oh, this is the next trick or treat. And I don't see it that way because trick or treat especially is one. It's very dark, right? The stories are pretty, uh, pretty like just dark and and creepy, but also um, very down. And this, this one is very much embracing this fun side of a horror movie. It's campy. And it doesn't take itself too seriously. And it's just having fun with the holiday and fun with all of its silly stories. It's embracing the goofiness of some of these stories, like killer jack-o'-lanterns and
0: exactly. all sorts of stuff like that. And teeny tiny little aliens that can possess your body.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Twinkle twinkle. And I think all, I think also that's why Trick for me is the one that's probably the lowest is because it doesn't fit the fun vibe of everything else nearly as much.
3: True. Yeah. yeah. And and especially like you have something where Adrian morbo is like recreating, as Faye said, like her famous uh like radio show thing from the fog. And this is like this is like a movie for for classic well not classic, because now we're if we're doing not like Dana Gould's classic, but like 80s 80s horror movies it just has so much like the cheese and the camp and the Mm -hmm. just like it's it's made for 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 us
2: it is it's also it, it has a great tone to it and the fact that it's you know it's got all its little easter eggs for your old horror movies and your horror creators and the fun cameos that they threw in there i mean Stuart gordon getting him to play sherlock holmes just yeah. he basically doesn't do anything but sit there and appear on screen, but that's fine. Like that's a lot of fun having Joe Dante and uh you know Barry yeah. Bostwick, all of those. The John oh, yeah. Landis, it's great. Like all these great little cameos and all the Carpenter references. I loved every one of those. It
3: I wish at the end of the, the day, <laughs>
2: oh, that would have been the thing, right? That would have put it over like the, the, the top. It should have been. He should have been like just sitting in the police station while everything is going on. Just in or, the like, background,
3: recreate just... his body bags character or something. Yes, like, oh, that would have been great. Yes. Oh. I like that. That would have
2: loved that.
0: That would have been wonderful.
2: <laughs> but yeah, this is one as long as uh, a little bit of blood doesn't bother you. Like there, because there is gore in it. It's not PG thirteen, even though you could have easily made this PG thirteen. I feel like um but it is r rated but it's not a hard r and i do think that this one is this is worth watching around this time of year this is a fun little anthology to throw on because it's just 10, 10 quick short stories i this is a great choice so you did good 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 bringing <laughs> this one i, I like this. It Win. <laughs> And again, noticing you know the and it's the little subtle ones like the snake Pliskin costume or uh, the um, Rufio costume or the the carpenter bar like those were just fun little additions. Um, is this going to win any awards? No, but again, I'm not looking for that, and I'm not looking for it to be super scary. Like I wasn't sure when it started because I knew it was R rated, and that's really all I knew about this going into it. So. By midway through the first story, I had an idea of what I was in. And that made it better the whole way through because now I was like, okay, cool. So we're having fun. It's the fun side of Halloween. Here we go. Um, Which I think you need. I don't think every horror movie has to try and scare you. Not all of them are going to anyway. I mean, especially if you're Faye and you're not scared by anything. (laughs) But yeah, but not every like we last week we watched Get Out, right? And Get Out is a phenomenal movie and it's creepy and it's got a message to say and all this kind of stuff and it's fantastic. I and I think that's also it's also great to have something frilly and popcorny and just like hey here watch watch the cheese enjoy it embrace it halloween is supposed to be fun. And uh and I really like that because it did mix in like creepy moments. I mean uh the the gr- grim grinning ghost had a creepy factor to it because it's the whole, like, something's following you and you're not quite sure. But it's not it follows. <laughs> Um, I did capture a couple of clips. Not much. Because uh, it wasn't a super, like, clip-filled movie, I didn't feel like. Um, but we got, uh, just because this was, I loved the way that uh, Sweet Tooth said trick-or-treat and the way they modulated the voice. So I caught, captured that, and it sounds a little something like, "Like yeah, that'd creep me out if I was a kid that age." And I heard that. I heard a knock at my door, and I'd poop myself and hide.
3: I'd be like, "No, thank you."
2: (laughs) No, we have no, we have no candy here. Um, But then I love the way that ended. The parents.
3: They had all of my candy. Yeah. They sure did.
2: Yes, they did. Uh, so here's a long form of Barry Bostwick asking about Billy's mom. By the way, Billy, is your mother dressing up again this year? Hmm. <laughs> 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 um, that was good. And then, of course, we get the eyebrows. ding a ding ding a uh, That, that. I was like, oh, okay. Yep. Going full on cartoon. Good work.
3: Yep.
2: (laughs) And just, hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was good. Uh, All right. I mentioned that I really liked The Week in the Wicked. And all through it was great. Except this is the least intimidating attempt to be intimidating that I may have ever heard. And it's when Alice is pouring the everclear on him and like walking around and she says it you know it makes sense that we would meet up on all hallows eve tell me this is not the least intimidating attempt you've ever heard
0: on all hallows eve, <laughs> on all it, hallows sounds, eve!
2: it it sounds like someone's little sister trying to be scary but they they just they're too adorable to be scary
3: oh, it's sorry. it's how sorry. it came off
2: to me kind of yeah <laughs> actually <laughs> so I don't know that just the way that played out and then to have her get you know torn apart by the giant demon was satisfying yes. um I have one more it's it just says give you I don't know what this one is I don't remember now so we get to find out together I
0: saw a doctor and he made it so that I couldn't give you one
2: that's what it was oh. Ugh. The husband's heel turn. Ugh. She just wanted a baby, man. She just wanted to have a four-armed red-painted baby.
3: There's just something about him in his stupid costume having a flashback alone while, you know, right before they do the whole second-year trick-or-treating thing. I don't know, there's something so annoying about
2: it. Yeah, and I mean, my first view of it I didn't see it quite that same way because I just don't have that perspective. But then seeing it a second time, because uh, like, I did watch it a second time, and then hearing you mention, like, it's really terrible that he did that. You're right. Like, that's. Even if she is a, a weird blood demon she's your with wife. four arms,
3: she's like, that's you still the whole, married her. <laughs> it's the pinnacle of marriage. You have to have trust. If you don't have trust, then what are you doing? If you don't want to be married to her, then you shouldn't be married to her. Mm. There you go.
2: Um, so I mentioned that my favorite was um, the the Ransom of Rusty Rex. Dread, what's do you have a favorite amongst the ten stories?
1: Trick or treat. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I'm yeah, sorry, it like, you.
1: First of all, it's Friday thirteenth. They do the thing with it. it's Friday the thirty first, which is just how has no one ever thought of that before? Yeah, that, that's, that's so brilliant. Uh, and then you have the whole Jason lookalike thing, it's cool. Then suddenly aliens, what? What, aliens? And then it's just <laughs> a cute alien. And then they go, as you said, like Evil dead with the whole like, now I'm gonna chop something of you off and now you do it for me. And we're gonna take a different weapon every time because why would we use the same weapon? And they just right. like, it's, it's so much fun that one. And the chainsaw, so yeah. And- yeah. Yep. I did like
2: pull starting the chainsaw with his teeth. It was great. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, he only had one arm.
2: That's true. That's (laughs) very true. No, you know what? The more I think about it, uh, the higher that one ranks on my list. Because it's just like...
3: We've affected him!
2: You (laughs) have, (laughs) finally. No, honestly. Come to the cheese side. (laughs) It just wants to be goofy. And as much as I love you know Sam Raimi and Evil Dead and all of that, and the, the feel that that one gives me. So... And that also, that makes sense that that would be your favorite in this. I like that. Uh, Monica, how about you? What's your favorite one?
3: God, I really, I do, I do like all of them um, with the exception of, um, you know, kind of the one with the witch guy with the baby thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I had to pick one, you know, if you're forcing me, I'm going to go with uh, Grin Grimming Ghosts because Mm -hmm. it had a very it reminded me a bit of like poe like a poe poem too there's just something i really liked about it like that dark and alone and that that like alone thing is like a that's a scary thing for for a woman to be alone and not have her car not have her phone it's just extra amped up and the cool cameos Mm -hmm. of
2: course Cool cameos. It does it has your kind of your solitude moments where she's walking down the street, where she's in her house, that kind of stuff. That fits. I like that's a good that's a good one. It's it was in my top uh my top half for sure was Grim Grinning Ghost. Faye, how about you? Did what was your favorite?
0: Same as dread. Yay! Friday the thirty
2: (laughs) first. I mean, it's just fun that one is literally a all right we've got a few minutes to kill uh so let's kill um (laughs) and it was just it was every trope
3: yep (laughs) (laughs) i would have picked that to be my number one but i knew Faye was gonna pick it and then dread picked it as well and i'm like you know what i gotta pick something (laughs) different too (laughs) i mean that the the Dorothy outfit she was wearing and yep. <laughs> oh, I love that because it's kind of like like even though it wasn't her because she was dead, it was kind of almost like her getting revenge as well. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: yeah, a little it's bit. Great. So yeah, uh, those are good ones. I think the for me the two weakest are Trick and Ding Dong. Um, Trick has a good, has the better concept of the two that I think could actually play out in like a. Even like a, a short film, like a 30-minute, 45-minute film, uh, I think would work better. Because that one just needed more. It's not as nearly, it's, it doesn't have the fun aspect of things, obviously, on the camp. Um, but I just think that it needed a little more breathing room. And then Ding Dong, again, I would have structured a little bit differently. And the husband is poop in his crappy Hansel costume in his later hosen.
3: <sighs> so bad. That the child I I was to wearing sleep. too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so weird.
2: So yeah, that is uh, Tales of Halloween. Worth, worth seeing for sure. Uh, it's it's on a bunch of services right now too. If you haven't seen it yet, um, you've got some time. It's on, I watched it on Amazon Prime. I think it's on Tubi and Freevee and a couple of the ad supported ones. So it's it's around out there.
0: It's also on Amazon.
2: Um, that's where I watched it was Amazon Prime. So uh, totally worth seeing is a great choice. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it and I'm glad that everyone else did as well. Mm. It's always fun too. When we have more than one person watching something for the first time, uh, in this case, <laughs> Faye and I, I'm surprised Faye that you hadn't seen it. That would be the most surprising yes. one. It feels like. Just one feels that I like never just one got one around life. to. Well, now there's you only had. so much time check... in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you can check it off the list. Or not sleep. That's the other option. Just never sleep. Then you have more time. (sighs) It's like an extra 8 to 10 hours you could spend uh, watching movies.
3: Yeah, what do you need sleep for? Nobody needs sleep.
0: Yeah, yeah. sleep deprivity and driving goes really well. Sure.
2: I used to do it all the time. (laughs) No. No, it does not. It does not go well. Um, Now, if you enjoyed this conversation we had tonight, uh, you should check out our other podcast the four of us do together, Gore. Um, gore. if you're not already listening to gore you should be because it's a lot of fun comes out uh, twice a month and uh, monica let people know about gore where can they find it and what are we what 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 is our most recent and what is upcoming let people well, know give them some gore yes info.
3: so if you want to listen to gore you can find out all of you know where you can listen to it or listen to it on the website itself at gorepodcast.com uh we just um not just okay so like a week ago we released our friday the 13th part three episode on friday the 13th and that was a great episode this friday we're going to release which i guess you release on wednesday so it's like a couple days from now you can listen to our halloween three episode that will be released yes so it's gonna be very exciting more halloween we're just like all up in your ear holes and stuff and uh yeah, we're fun.
2: We are. It's a, it's a ton of fun to do the show. Um You pick some, some fun movies to do. Cause we don't, we, it's just horror, right? We don't have like, we go watch old school horror. We've done, I think as far back, the oldest one we've done Wolfman, right? 1941.
3: Yes. Wolfman. We, I so want to do more old stuff. I'm definitely planning on it. Frankenstein and. Uh, and-
2: yeah, so we go all the way back to that to to brand new stuff. Uh, anything in the horror genre, um, we have a lot of fun with it. The four of us really enjoy talking about it. We have our the thirteen. We we list all our favorite tropes. That's a fun thing that we do. Um, occasionally, when we will uh, rank, um, you know, franchises as by our our favorite Ooh. installments. That's might always have fun. Have some of to that do. coming
3: up in the yeah, new yeah. year.
1: <laughs> so keep an also, eye out for that. Uh, also, uh, segueing for you, Travis, but uh, next week you might be able to update your ranking of something we've ranked earlier. This is true.
2: This is true, because next week the four of us are going to wrap up Spooktober with 2013's Evil Dead. I have not seen it before. Whoa. As much of a fan of the Evil Dead franchise as I am, I have not seen the new stuff. And I'm going to fix that. So... I love those old Evil Dead movies, and I know it's very different, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing this one. So, are you um, going to watch Brian's as well? Uh, I mean, I will, but not till after, you know, not right away. But I will end up watching that one. Um, so that's going to be next week as we wrap up Spooktober and the Gore Podcast takeover of Wait, you haven't seen? It's been a whole lot of fun. If you enjoy this. And you want to hear me do this show live. I do Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash TVs. Travis may also be coming live streaming to YouTube soon. We'll see. i will figure out how I can set that up um, and simulcast. Uh, you can get the video version of it at YouTube on Wednesdays or audio version Wednesdays. Anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, And uh, if you are a patron of this show, patreon.com slash W-Y-H-S, for as little as a dollar an episode, you get episodes, you get the audio version a few days early, uh, and you get first look at video projects that I'm working on outside of um, just this particular show. So the video version isn't necessarily any sooner there, um, although I might start putting it up there too. Um, But other projects that I'm working on uh, will be there. There's also monthly movie nights on my Patreon patron access uh, to special spots, all that good stuff. So that's, and you can find all of that at my website, tvstravis.com. Uh, also links for merch are there. So definitely check that out and uh, word of mouth spreading and um, rates and reviews of the podcast mm-hmm. and your favorite podcatcher always helpful. Uh, appreciate those. So that is going to do it for tales of Halloween. I can't wait for next week. I am super excited to watch. Get or not get out. I was I was excited to watch Get Out last week, so much so that it's still on my brain. But I'm really excited to watch Evil Dead next week. Um,
3: 2013.
2: Yes, because it's one that, that, that it's I've been wanting to do for a while. Yes, Evil Dead 2013. We'll make sure and and say that plenty during during the episode. But thank um, you all for being here tonight. Just yes, remember I,
0: it's 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 the Evil Dead versus Evil Dead true
3: true but i still want to say 2013.
2: (laughs) yeah but uh thank you all for being here (laughs) yeah thank you all for being here dread thank you for uh flying across the pond to be with us in our normal time zone yeah
1: just (laughs) for this that's all i so nice of
2: you to do just for just for my show i appreciate it (laughs) um so uh until next week for Monica for Dread for Faye, I'm Travis saying that uh remember to enjoy your movies and uh don't forget to check your candy. It's been a week.
0: Viciously assaulted by a monster dude. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>